Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Born to Talk Radio Show. I'm your host, Marsha Witeka. Conversations plus connections equals community. Those are my three C's. The heart of my show is what's your story? It's my belief we all have stories. Some are similar, others are uniquely different. Storytelling brings the passions of my guests to life through our conversations. So be prepared to be entertained, informed, and inspired. Welcome to today's show. Happy Monday, everybody. I'm so excited when Monday rolls around so quickly as it seems to do. On this first day of daylight savings time for many of us, it was kind of weird, wasn't it? I'm so excited to have my as my guest today, author Daniel Bruce Levin. I want to welcome you to the show, Daniel. Hey, Marcia, how are you? It's a pleasure to be here, and I can't wait to have this conversation with you. Me too. Um, we're going to be talking about uh, your fourth book called The Mosaic, and also about the Mosaic Method. And I've I've posted about this. I'm interested on this subject, and I'm I'm looking forward to really learning and being inspired by what you have to say today. And I thought we could just start off by letting you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and how how you came to write this story, The Mosaic. Fabulous. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for the opportunity. And thank you for lobbing the ball up so generally so that I can speak. Um, Certainly. my My life has been a absolutely beautiful story of incredible highs and tumultuous lows. Marsha, I've had the opportunity to sit and become friends with and eat meals with and enjoy and listen to some of the wealthiest people in the whole world. And I've also had the opportunity to sit on street corners with some of the poorest of the poor. And one of the things that I found through the course of my life is no matter how much money a person had, no matter where they lived, no matter what color their skin was or the religion they practiced, no matter if they were male or female, no matter if the language that they spoke, in essence, everybody wanted just the same thing. They all wanted to be loved and accepted. They wanted to be heard and validated, and they wanted to be appreciated and understood. Nobody Makes asked me to sense, agree yeah. with them. Yeah. Nobody said, I want you to agree with what I say and you have to follow what I believe. Nobody in the course of my, of my whole uh, 63 years mm-hmm. alive. But what they wanted was just the idea to know that they were lovable. And that was something that I realized I could give. It was hard sometimes to give because I just thought it. I had too much ego sometimes to do it. But when, they re- when, I, when I realized I could love and appreciate and accept, I could listen to and validate and acknowledge every single thing they said, my life changed. And so for me, the mm-hmm. mosaic is about what happens when the pieces of this world come together. We become much, much, much greater and much, much larger than our individual pieces and what we would think. Opportunities become alive. Things happen that we never would realize would happen. We get answers to questions we didn't even know we had. 
because collectively we are able to do so much more than we are individually, and we all know that. And yet we silo ourselves in our individual walls of protection, in our like-minded communities who think just like we think, in our Republican or Democratic parties, in the ways we view the world, we silo ourselves rather than walking in the fields that are open for us to walk in all the time. Does that make sense? It makes complete sense. And I, I, what I, for those, you know, when I do, when I produce these radio shows, I oftentimes have the opportunity to, to speak to my guests prior to going on the air. And what I so appreciate about you and what I anticipate this whole show being like, since we're not visual, is that you draw beautiful visual descriptions by what you say, just like the word silo. When you picture a silo, when I picture a silo, let, let me speak for me, when I picture a silo, I see this big, round, really tall cement type of place where hay gets put. I mean, we don't have silos in my backyard. But I can visualize how they're sometimes you can't penetrate them because they can't be penetrated. That's mm-hmm. holding that hay. So just the descriptor of a silo, I think, is is so significant. And when you talk about the things that you said about love and acceptance and being heard and being validated, I don't care what side of the aisle you're on or uh-huh. what where you live. It, it, how that is a universal need, I believe, and I believe that that's probably why I feel so connected to you. And we're going to be talking a lot about connections through this entire hour. So, what I would like to know, because I think the mosaic is such a perfect name for your book, and it's it's your fourth book. It's not new to you to write, but what led you to write this story? I. It, I wasn't writing this story when I started out. I had been at oh. I had been the director of business development at Hay House, and I mm-hmm. was I had helped Hay House grow from three million dollars a year to a hundred million dollars a year in sales, and so I was very wow. familiar with the self help genre of writing. And so the first book that I the book that I sat down to write as I was starting to write the mosaic was actually called V Two. And it was version two of your life. What do you do when the life that you know is over? Do you, do you just retire? Do you just play golf? Do you just sit around the house and wait to die? Or do you, use, do you have a, a whole other life in front of you? And I had written these nine principles, and I had sent it off to a woman who became my editor and my muse in the early going. And she looked at me and she said, Danny, these ideas are, are beautiful, but this isn't your book. And I said to her, I'm sorry, well, like, what do you mean? Do you think I plagiarized it? Like, I, I, tell me if I plagiarized it, that would be terrible. She said, oh, God, no, you didn't plagiarize it. The ideas are fresh. They're in your voice. But you're a storyteller, Danny. Why would you write a self-help book when you're a storyteller? And I mm-hmm. said, well, what, what would I write? And she said, why don't you write a fable? And I fought her for about a minute and a half because a fable wasn't (laughs) what I thought I was sitting to write. I didn't think this was my legacy. But more and more now as I look and I even listen to the way everything is being done, there is power in story. 
there is there is even even in in the advertising world, people are talking about don't just tell facts, don't just try and sell things. Tell the story. What's the story around your product that makes it work? What's the story around your belief system? And the miracle of writing this mosaic as a fable is that it no longer becomes my story. It becomes our story. Because when people read it, they say, I understand that. I do that too. Who is that person for me? How would I, how would I think about it? And here's, Marsha, I, 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 put, I finished writing it about a year ago, a little less than a year ago. I published it mm-hmm. about six months ago. I worked on it for three years. I thought it was going to take two or three months to do. I worked on it for three years because what happened, which was fascinating to me, is I would write something just like I wrote V2. I was writing it, but there was something in the project of the mosaic that would, that would just continually erase what I wrote. It would sound great in the evening. I'd wake up in the morning. It sounded like it sounded terrible. And wow. so I started to ask myself, what is happening in this story that I'm not seeing. And the book is about seeing what you don't see. And, and one of the under themes is seeing what you don't see. And what I started to see is the book itself was speaking to me. The mosaic itself was trying to get me to write what it wanted me to say. When I was at Hay House, I realized that most people wrote the book they most needed to read. They didn't write the book they knew. They wrote the book they most oh, needed to read. And for me, the mosaic was, was, was writing through me the book that I most needed to read. And when I allowed that Big process difference. to happen, mm-hmm. huge difference. When I allowed mm-hmm. that process to happen, suddenly I was transformed and I'm still transformed. Because not only do the words of the story speak a story, but the spaces between the words tell a story that if you're open to it, it will share with you. That's powerful, isn't it? Really powerful. I, I, it's I still can, affecting my I life. Can, I bet it is. And, I, I, you know, it's, it's funny. I'm, a, I'm in Toastmasters besides doing a lot of other things that I do. Yep. And we talk about the importance of words and how words matter. And a word to me might have more significant maybe to a word to somebody else. But the reality mm-hmm. is they, they do matter. And those spaces that you're talking about, if you take that quiet time to read that sentence or two and then interpret it, maybe not the way you want me to, but the way right. I need matter. it to. Totally. That's, that, that exa- that's exa- I think that's kind of part of your point that, that it's a fable and it becomes, as you said, our story. And totally. it's funny, um, Danny, when I started doing this four years ago and I talked about conversations plus connections equals community, mm-hmm. that really spoke to I my heart it. because I believe that that's what I'm here for my, and my purpose is being a connector. But I realized as I moved on through doing this weekly that what's your story is equally as powerful. And I believe, in my opinion, everyone has them. Everyone doesn't want to share them. 100%. Everyone 100%. isn't necessarily, you know, and, and, and you, you can read that. I can read that. I can start speaking to somebody. I can see that glazed over look like, oh, God. And it's like, 
I get it. You're private. You don't need to talk with me about whatever it is I've just launched into. But have a nice day and still smile. Mm -hmm. But I, I think that storytelling is so powerful. And it's, in some ways, it's a lost art. And part of the reason that I do this every week is to remain in the positive, to remain in the yep. inclusive as opposed to the exclusive and hearing people's stories. And, and yours is quite remarkable. And I think it's really Thank cool you so much. that you – I mean that. And I think it's really cool that you made it a fable and that it, frankly, took you so long, you know, you, you – you 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 mentioned that you get these thoughts and it seemed made total sense and then you sleep on it and then you wake up in the morning and you go on. Ah, no, that's I'm not really feeling that now. That that might have worked yesterday, but it, it's not working for me today, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can imagine and, that process. Go ahead. <laughs> if you ask my wife, it was painstaking because it was just. I thought so many times, okay, I'm finished now, and I'm, I want to celebrate. And I would look at it again, and I would say, oh, God, no, I'm not. It just doesn't, it just doesn't resonate. And what I really mm-hmm. wanted was that when people would just see its cover, when people would just hold it in their hands, there would be something in the DNA of the words that were written and the spaces between the words that were unwritten that people mm-hmm. would feel some resonance with it. You know, they say, if you're in Toastmasters, you know this. They say in in speaking, only about 8% of what what gets communicated comes through your words. The Mm -hmm. rest of what comes through is your body language, the way you stand, the way you present, the way you tell, the way, the, the cadence of those words. But there's also the resonance of the voice that you have to speak. There's also the pauses that you make that, that make your words more powerful. And those are the spaces that if we would learn to, in, in our storytelling, even in our storytelling, if we would learn mm-hmm. to listen more than we speak, the beauty of what you do, and I love what you do, and I've listened to a lot of oh, your shows. Thank you. Thank you. I love what you do. Because you actually present a platform for others to tell their story. Because guess what? In a world where we what? are all connected, our stories are the same. They, they may yeah. have different players and different, and, and our scorecards might look different with the names that are on, that are coming up the bat and who's in left field and right field. But the stories mm-hmm. are the same, told in a slightly different manner. When I was at Hay House, Louise Hay said nothing different than Wayne Dyer. They said nothing different than Deepak Chopra. But people were drawn to the way a story was told. And so those mm-hmm. who liked the way Louise told her story read Louise. Those who liked the way Wayne told his story read Wayne. And the beauty of it is, is that every one of us has a story. And if we yes. listen long enough and we give people the space and hold the space for them to be able to say, I'm here with you. Take whatever time you need. I just want to know your story. Mm -hmm. Tell it to me. There's a man by the name of Thich Nhat Hanh who even goes a step further. He has something that he calls compassionate listening. And to me, he says what the mosaic is better than I could. And so I credit Mm -hmm. him for saying it, and and I tell his story. He says, when you meet somebody, if you would take the time to just say to them, I really want to get to know you. 
I want to know who you are. I want to know what you love. I want to know what you're scared of. I want to know what troubles you. I want to know what gives you pain. And don't think for a minute that I will ever do anything with what you tell me to hurt you because I promise you, from the depth of my soul, I will never use what you say against you. But I want, mm-hmm. you, I want, to, know what, I want to know what your suffering is. And you create this space outside of yourself, not inside of yourself. You create this space outside of yourself where you say to them, put all of your suffering into this holding space. And just tell me what, mm-hmm. tell me what you feel. And mm-hmm. even if they say to me, Danny, it's you, you're the one that's causing me the suffering. You don't listen to me. You're <laughs> not a good person. You're the wrong right? I, I just, I just listen to them. I just listen mm-hmm. to them, and I don't defend myself, or I don't rationalize. I say, please, tell me more. And in that process mm-hmm. of them emptying themselves into this container of all that they suffer from, they're free. Mm-hmm. They can come back into that container and take it out and feel it again, but they, you've, just, you've just allowed them. The compassionate part of your listening has just allowed them to empty all of their pain into this holding tank. Yeah. That's what the mosaic is. That's, it's, it's it's beautiful, and it, it's it's I, I'm 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 trying to visualize this whole process for you, and I'm trying. I mean, it, I'm presumed that you didn't just write for hours and hours and hours a day, did you? Did how did you how did you manage your time in writing something like this? I woke up at three in the morning and 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 couldn't get to sleep. So I was I was haggard. I mean, it was mm-hmm. as if I was possessed by what was coming through me. Mm-hmm. It was so it was so energizing to me. It was so intoxicating mm-hmm. to me. Like when you when you smell the scent of a flower as you walk by, mm-hmm. and it and it intoxicates mm-hmm. you and it and it mystifies you. You don't ever want to leave that flower. When right. I walk by that flower. I just want to stay there and smell it because it just feels and, 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 and everything about it is, is erotic to me almost, right? Mm-hmm. Why mm-hmm. would I ever want to leave yes. that flower? That was the intoxication of this process for me. Wow. There was something That's coming neat. through it that, that literally intoxicated me, that I wanted mm-hmm. nothing else but it. Wow. And, and that's, that's how I know that I wasn't writing it. <laughs> that's how I know it was something other than me because I don't intoxicate yeah. you very much, right? Dang. It's like, did you use a tape recorder to get it all out faster than you could type? No, no, no. I just wow. sat with it and sat with it. And as, I, as, it, as it came, I, I, I sat and, you know, it was, I, I, I stayed up until one in the morning and woke up at three in the morning. I, I went to sleep for an hour in the middle of the day. But I, I just, it was, it was something that took over me. And mm-hmm. so people have been kind enough to say now that when they, when they read it, they feel a similar mm-hmm. feeling that they felt when they read The Alchemist. And mm-hmm. I, I, even to be mentioned in the same paragraph, oh, let no alone kidding. the same sentence of the alchemist, is is a marvel yeah. to me. And yet, he is quite remarkable. What I re- unbelievable, right? And mm-hmm. yet, I realize that in every beautiful thing, there's also the time that it takes to get to that beautiful thing. 
The Alchemist. Right. You know how many copies The Alchemist sold in this first year it was out? I have no idea. Two copies. No. And the only reason it sold two, the only reason it sold two copies was because the person who bought it read a few chapters and lost it and went back to the store to buy another one. Whoa. So it really only sold does, to one person. Wow. How does I know his first name is Paulo, but how does how does he how do you say his last name? Coelho. I, I can Paolo spell it. Paulo Coelho. Paulo Coelho. Okay. He yeah. I I subscribe to him and I quote him quite frequently. He's he's brilliant. But I wanted to ask you, um, how do you feel that that the mosaic is relevant to this time and to our audience that are listening today? Fabulous question. So if you even think about what we were just saying, right? Mm-hmm. We live in a time, we live in the most connected time the world has ever known. We know what's happening thousands of miles away within seconds. Yep. And yet most of us don't know the name of our next door neighbor. Mm, so we are true. so yep. connected and yet we're so alone at the same time. And how is that possible? What's happened is we have become siloed in our own thoughts and our own belief systems. We've been hurt so much in our life through the pains of the world. We come in so innocent and pure. We're so free and open. And then the world slowly, the pains of the world happen and and we get hurt. We, We love somebody and they pass away. We, we, we go towards somebody and they don't want to be with us. We try to be friends with somebody and they don't want to be friends with us. We want something that someone, something that someone could give us and they don't give it to us. And we get so hurt that we stop trying again and we start to protect ourselves with walls. We mm-hmm. build silos, but we even do that to ourselves, Marcia. We, yes. I, I have, a, I have on my website, a, a 21 day consecutive day challenge of be kind to you. And I ask Mm -hmm. people to do it for 21 consecutive days to try the practice of being kind to yourself. Do you know I've been doing it now for four months today Mm -hmm. for the eighth time I'm on, I'm on day four. You know, I I read that on your, on your, I, I let me interrupt you by just because I have read that on your site. And what you say is if you don't, then you need to start over and I might just direct yeah. people right now that that's on your DanielBruceLevin.com site. No, Is that correct? That's on, that's on the, it's on no, the other on site. The mosaiconline.com. Okay, so it's on the mosaiconline.com. So, uh, yes. Right. And if you, scroll, if you scroll down, you'll look and mm-hmm. you'll see there's a place where it says um, the 21-day challenge, the yes. executive day challenge. Yes. It's and, terrific. Uh, Imagine if everybody did that. Imagine. The mosaiconline.com, everybody. I, I just, Thank it's a so fabulous, much. fabulous suggestion. So when we feel connected and yet so disconnected, what, what's the solution? Where do we go with that? So beautifully, I love when a story starts to make sense to its own self because we're talking and we're, you know, as organized as we want to be, I'm I'm feeling the move to go in these different directions, but it's all coming back, right? Um, Yes. The first first thing that happens, imagine how, I don't know if your listeners or you, Marsha, are like me, but I realized I've been so hard on myself. Mm -hmm. I do things and and I always knock myself down. So 
in order to protect myself from myself, mm-hmm. I have to build walls around me that will prevent me from hitting myself because I don't mm-hmm. know where I'll hit myself and when I'll hit myself. And so what I end up doing is building a wall around myself to protect myself from my own. Mm-hmm. But when I, when I make a commitment to be kind to myself, when I make a commitment that I'll no longer hit myself, then what happens is I can allow that wall to come down. And so my world just grew exponentially bigger because the wall that I had right. up was three inches from my, from my being because I, didn't, I had to protect mm-hmm. myself from my own hand hitting me. Now the world mm-hmm. has grown. Now mm-hmm. I might see you and I might say I'm scared of you and I might put up a wall for you, but I already know now that kindness melts those walls because mm-hmm. it's melted my own wall. And here's one thing that I realized. We will never, we are so much harder on ourselves than we would ever be on anybody else. Oh, we boy, is with, that right. Right? We mm-hmm. grew up with a golden rule that said, treat others as, you, as if like you would like to be treated. We, we, mm-hmm. don't even, we need to treat ourselves as we treat others. That would be a much more beneficial rule for us. You'll never hit me, and I'll never, I would never do to you what I do to myself. And so right. if we would just practice the same kindness to ourselves as we practice to other people, and I know we don't treat other people all that well sometimes, but we don't treat right. ourselves all that well most of the time. There's always something right. wrong that we're doing. There's always, we could, we always sabotage our efforts. So what would happen if, if the first part of the solution to the problem is the connection to ourselves. What mm-hmm. the mosaic has shown me is there are four different connections and a practice for each one of those connections. The first connection is connection to self. The practice of that connection is to be kind to ourselves. I, I've lived most of my life in search of myself. Many mm-hmm. times I was, the, I, was the, I was the joke that people made. Danny, why aren't you making more money? Why aren't you doing all these things? And money would come to me at, at, at every point in time. But I just mm-hmm. said, I'm not interested in that because I'm interested in knowing who I am. Now, as I've grown up mm-hmm. and I'm 63 years old and I look back into the world that I see, I see that people got what they wanted. A lot of people made a lot of money. But a lot of people have no idea who they are. They have mm-hmm. no contentment in their life. Mm-hmm. They, they have no sense of who they are. They have no connection to themselves. So what happens is the connections that they have tend to be unfulfilling because when I protect myself because I'm scared that you'll find the person that I don't even know who I am and I build a wall mm-hmm. around myself or a silo around myself, what happens when you and I meet is there's a good chance you've done the same thing. So my silo meets your silo, and we call that a relationship. Mm-hmm. But that's not a relationship because you're, we, we don't know each other. Mm-hmm. It's only when I let down my wall and I say, Marsha, I promise you I'll never hurt you. Come in and hold me. Hold me, mm-hmm. not the wall, and let me hold you. Let me mm-hmm. hold that space for you to put all that suffering in and just and come to me. And I, mm-hmm. let me come to you, that we experience what, real, what, what, what connection to another person is. Right. 
So first one wow. is connection to self. Does that make sense to you? Mm-hmm. It does. It absolutely makes complete sense. So the first, the first, these, you're calling these principles, aren't you? So the first principle a, yes. is self. Yeah. It's okay. connection to What's self. What's the second? The second one, the second is connection to source. Because when we realize to that to source, to, some people mm-hmm. call it God, some will call it the universe, some will I call God. I'm calling it source because I don't, I don't want to make it a religious connotation. Sure. But when we realize that there's something bigger than, than when we realize mm-hmm. that this this world there's a plan to this world there's a there's there's a, the mosaic whether it's the mosaic or something else there's a plan of what's happening in this world that we are if we would realize we're just one connection away from everything we want if we want that romantic relationship in our life we're one connection away from it if we want more abundance we're one connection away from it if we want better health we're one connection away we just have to tune into the source of that connection and allow mm-hmm. that to influence us. Now, ask me questions on this because I, I want it to be really simple and really clear. No, I, I'm. I'm it, it, it's 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 so clear that I'm able to listen and take notes at the same time because I want okay. to be able to refer back to this. So, I I I think so far it is crystal clear to me, and I'm learning so much. And frankly, I know we have all these questions on here, just like I always do. But as I tell my guests, you know, it's it's just a map. It it doesn't mean that there can't be detours or something comes up in the way and you and you move another direction. I, and so I would like to continue, if you don't mind, when we talk about the, sure. the four principles of connection, because I think that's what you said. These are all principles of connection. Am I right? Did I get that yeah, correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. So what's the third? And, and- so, so just going back for one minute, yes. when we're siloed sure. and we don't let anything into ourselves, then we can't be connected to source because we don't trust the connect. We don't trust anything coming into ourselves. When we, yeah. when we let down our walls through our kindness, we allow ourselves the second, the second practice then of, of connection to source. The practice around that is to allow ourselves to become vulnerable to allow Mm -hmm. the world that we now see around us to come into us and for us to come into the world, to actually Mm -hmm. interact with the world, not from a silo to a silo, but from a human being to a human being or from a a human being to something else, whatever it is, right? Right. And, Mm -hmm. And that practice of vulnerability allows us then to receive information and give information. We actually can have a communication and a relationship with each other if we're vulnerable. If we're not vulnerable, right. it's just silo to silo. Make sense? Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and it's that risk. And, and people are very, um, some people, I don't want to put everybody in the same silo, but some people are very uh, resistant to being vulnerable. And, and I just think about my own life. And, and you know, um, we, we talked about this off air. This yeah. March is a very significant month in my life. Big month. Um, Tomorrow marks the 10th anniversary of my husband Butch's passing unexpectedly without any understanding for either one of us that this was going to happen. And we were in a public place. We were at the Staples Center. It's March. We're sports fans, March Madness. Um, And he truly just sat down and um, passed away. And 
Um, it was shocking and it was unexpected. And, and you know, just, just I, I guess I just need to speak this right now. And that is, sure. it could have gone so differently, Danny. We had gone yep. out for breakfast. We had been at the Staples Center the night before for the first couple of games. We had, we had gone out for breakfast. We drove the 45 minutes to the Staples Center on the freeway. He parked the mm-hmm. car. He went and sat down. Imagine if when mm-hmm. I came home from walking that day, he had collapsed on the floor and I had the responsibility and of doing CPR and being unsuccessful or being in the car and driving to the Staples Center and he suddenly would be in the process of dying, which he was moments later, yeah. and we had a car accident and we died and so did others. You know, yeah. he died, frankly, in a public place that was not in my bed and not in my sanctuary of my home and a place yep. where we were together that we enjoyed life. And it was yep. shocking. It was definitely shocking. But you do have to be vulnerable. I could have never got the support that I needed so desperately and gave to my own children at the same time because they lost their dad if I wasn't vulnerable to having my friends walk alongside me during those really critical that critical time. So you when you when we're talking right now, I think the irony of our conversation is is significant as it applies to me personally. And I want to thank you for allowing me just a little bit of time to share that with, with the listeners oh, because a, I, some people may not honor. not know that. Thank you. It's my honor to have thank this you. moment for you to share that with us because if you think about that holding tank, just like yes. to be able to hold the space for someone to be able to share that mm-hmm. and to be able to put mm-hmm. that in front and to think about how beautiful that mm-hmm. moment was that he died doing something he loved. He was there watching mm-hmm. it, watching March mm-hmm. Madness, right? And, and being in a place <laughs> yes. that, he lo- that he loved. How, yep. I mean, how many people wish that that would be the way they would go out? And, and I don't mean to take Absolutely. anything away from how shocking no. it is to be have him alive one minute and, and gone the next. But my wife passed away of a blood of the most painful cancer death you could ever imagine. And so she spent two and a half years in blood curdling, screaming pain, 45 minutes mm-hmm. on, 45 minutes off. And so there is no easy, beautiful, perfect way to die. But if you were to no. ask me as watching someone suffer for two and a half years in, in pain and watching someone right. sit down at the place that they love and going like a, yes. the, the Talmud says, when a person who's lived a good life dies, it's like a, taking a piece of hair out of a glass of milk. It's, it's effortless like that. Mm-hmm. And when you think you about know, the way he went, yeah. it's an effortless, it was effortless for him. And he didn't suffer. And suffer therefore, the, the lack of the, the, the understanding of understanding that via the corner, when he explained to me that my electrical engineering husband had a dimmer switch in his brain that just dimmed me, dimmed him out. So that's another visual. Um, yeah. I had, if, as, as hard as this may be to understand for some, I had some comfort in that. I, I, I really, I know he didn't suffer. And granted, you know, the mouthpiece was alive and the rock passed. And, you know, it was very difficult for my children to lose that part of dad. 
and um, yeah. I want to, you know, honor him today in that regard. But I, I and thank you for just opening up that space for me to discuss that because the timing was um, probably not by mistake. And going Absolutely. back to your your connections, because you. I really am, I really am taking notes. So we've talked okay, about so, the importance of So if of you self. think about it, yes. If you think about it, yes. those situations happen, and as beautiful as you are, and as and as sacred as you are, and as beautiful as you see see it, mm. those those situations also bring with them a fair amount of pain, and most mm-hmm. people to protect themselves from feeling the pain that they don't know they can handle, build walls around themselves. And mm-hmm. those are the silos that I'm talking about. So that's the situation that most of us are in, whether it's the death of a husband or the rejection of a, of a, of a lover or an illness that happens or pain in the body or whatever it is that happens or losing mm-hmm. money and work or the pains that come are so big that we, we think to protect ourselves, but that protection of ourselves is blocking us from everything that we want because right. we can't have what we want when we're isolated. We don't feel pain, but we soon start to feel the pain of the incarceration mm-hmm. of the silo. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the fourth, the, the third practice is yes. So once we're kind to ourselves and we drop the walls and once we become vulnerable and we start to see the things that happen to us happen from, for a reason, for there's something bigger going on in our life, then we start to have a connection to purpose. And we start to yeah. say, why is, it, why is it that we're here? What's the purpose mm-hmm. behind the things that happen? What are they trying to show me? And what's my purpose for being here? When I ask people yeah. in the work that I do with them over the course of time, why are you here? 98% mm-hmm. of the time, I mean, un, it's unhurled the amount of times people will say this, and I bet you can know it. Right now, when I ask people, why are you here, what do they say to me? What do they say? Tell me. I don't know. I don't know. I, exactly. I can tell you I'm in the 2%. <laughs> Okay, you I, I are, and that's truly. I am in the two percent because while we've just talked about one and two, I have no doubt what my purpose is. But how fabulous. freeing and alive can that make me? Very, uh, uh, unbelievable. Very. And so, if you think mm-hmm. about it, if you're if you know where you're going, the roads mm-hmm. that you take to get there will be purposeful and will bring you to a destination. But a friend yep. of mine said to me, if you have no idea where you're going, every road will take you there. And so <laughs> when, ev- when every road will take us to nowhere, we start to lose faith and start to lose hope and start to feel like, what am I doing here? And we end up becoming robots and automatons doing what we did yesterday and trying to make money to support a lifestyle that we don't even really want or need because we can get more things that we don't want or need to show the world that we're doing better than we think they, we are. And in that mm-hmm. simple play of trying to be impressing other people or living a life that other pe- we believe other people want us to be or that we think they have, we don't see the whole picture we see a Facebook post where they're showing us the five minutes that they're happy in the, in, in the day. Mm-hmm. We don't see where, where they got into a fight with their spouse or their kids come home and are doing bad in school or they're, not feel, or they're feeling this pain in their body or, or they can't do what they used to do and they feel bad. They don't, they don't show that part. 
They show the mm-hmm. silo that they live in with the walls painted to help us to see what we hope they want to see, right? So mm-hmm. we paint our silos of our walls, hoping that people will believe that's who we are because that's what we start to believe we are too. We believe we're the painting on the outside of our silo rather than the person inside who hasn't opened up to allow other people to come in. Mm-hmm. And we wonder why we're dis- and we wonder why we're disconnected. Mm-hmm. Thing is right yeah, there just... for us. Right. So when we have when we have purpose, suddenly what we start to do is then we allow the fourth practice to happen, which is build your mosaic. We start to yeah. find those people and those things that will help us to achieve the purpose that we're here to have. The fact that we're having this conversation on the anniversary or the day before the anniversary, uh, the 10th anniversary of your husband's passing is in no way coincidental. (laughs) Yeah. There are no coincidences. And and one of the things the mosaic says, when Mo's father, Mo is a young boy who loses his parents two years apart on the same day. He's 13 when he loses his dad and 15 when he loses his mom. Well, after he loses his dad, he, he has a, a, a vision. He's not there. He has a vision that his dad's gone, and, and friends of the family come to pick him up from summer camp and bring him home. And he sees that his dad's dead, and he's just, he's just torn to bits. He says he was his hero. And he, mm-hmm. he goes to sleep and sits in his room, and he goes to sleep, and his dad appears to him. And his dad says mm-hmm. to him, Mo, here's one thing I want you to know. Nothing in this world is as it seems. What you see is not what is. It's only what you see. Learn to see what you can't see. And so it all starts to make sense that in a book that talks about what you see is not what is and nothing is as it seems, that even the words of the story are only a part of the story, that the spaces between those words have a whole other story if you would invite them in. And that's the beauty of what happens in Hmm. this world when we are open to it and vulnerable to it and we know why we're here and we know what we're doing. There are simple connections that can happen and connections that are possible, but most of us try and go from zero to four without doing one, two, and three. We try and Mm -hmm. connect to another human being, but we can't because we're too injured, we're too hurt, we're too siloed. We don't, we, don't, we don't understand the purpose. We don't even seek a purpose. We, we a nice shade of lipstick marries a, a pretty bow tie. And we hmm. wonder why we don't have a deep connection. People yeah. that go that extra step, for the people that really do have that connection, they can't understand the world that doesn't have connection. Yeah. Isn't that true? It doesn't seem like it should be that difficult. And yet, for so many, it is. Mm -hmm. Well, it's only difficult because we don't know the steps. If you you don't have any idea where you're going and you put in your car and you get in your car to sit there and drive, it's going to be difficult to get there because you have no idea where you're going. You have no idea who you are or where you're going. Mm -hmm. When I ask people, who are you? They say, I don't know, too. So you have someone who doesn't know who they are trying to get to some place they don't know where they should be. <laughs> and so it becomes it's, a little difficult, right? 
Yeah, it sounds it sounds so silly to hear it said like that. Uh, I think that uh, for many people, they're for many people, frankly, they don't really care. Um, that and 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 that's okay too. That that's their reality, and that's what they want. And I've always recognized that there are plenty of private people in the world that really you'll never see them on social media because they're really not interested in what you're doing. And frankly, they're not interested in having you know what they're doing. I think about social media a lot because I'm on there a lot. And that's how I am able to, to spread my word across, you know, and so I require it. But I think about that. Oh, gee, she went to the basketball game. Oh, geez, now she's at the Pantages. Oh, gee, I wonder what she had for breakfast. I don't really care what she had for breakfast. You know, I mean, you you have to kind of monitor what you're doing out there. But for me, knowing that um, I'm a connector, I've always known that I'm Mm -hmm. a connector. I see myself as that Mm -hmm. hub in a wheel, and that's how I Mm -hmm. see myself. So I, I, I have that sense of purpose about myself. But I think that in your book and in your method that people can really begin to examine that for themselves when you when you talk about how many people don't really understand that. And you talk about um, the ordinary. And I thought that that was interesting about what, um, what the story means to be um, a bunch of, of ordinary people. What, what is that yeah. reason behind that? We, we live in a make-pretend world. We live in a world where everybody now, the big talk in the world now is what is your superpower? Power? And, and, and if you ask people on a scale of 1 to 10, with 1 being what they would never in the world want to be and 10 being what they dream of being, where do you think mm-hmm. people would place the word ordinary? Oh, probably very, very low. Right. Where do you think they would mm-hmm. place the word extraordinary in the same scale, 1 being what they don't want to be, 10 being what they want to be? they'd probably make that very high. Okay. So no? maybe it's a play in the I, – I, 85, 95 – I'm sorry, 95% of the people answer exactly like you answered. Okay. And so I say that those people, this is really interesting, and maybe it's only a play in the English language and in other languages it wouldn't work this way, but I'm, I, I speak the English language, and so the, word, the messages <laughs> come to me through the, through the language that I speak. I ask sure. people if ordinary is something you don't want to be, why do you want to be extra of something you don't want to be? And most people will say, oh. well, oh, my God, well, you're not understanding the way I'm saying it. And I say, I, I'm getting that. But here's mm-hmm. the beautiful thing of what I realized in writing the mosaic. Extraordinary things happen when extra ordinaries come together. We're never meant to say do that, this alone. Say that again. That's, 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 that's very purposeful. So say that what you just said once again. Extraordinary things happen when extraordinaries come together. We were never meant to play this game alone. We were never meant to figure out our life by ourselves. We were never meant to come up with our own solutions. There are beautiful things happening in the world that, that showcase this now. We know, have you ever heard of swarm intelligence? No. What is that? Swarm intelligence is, if you look at the way birds fly in the sky, it looks like Mm -hmm. they fly in a point and one's leading, but they're not. The birds move in harmony with each other so much so that they can never be following. They're all moving in synchronicity with each other. 
if you look at the way mm. fish swim in the ocean, they swim in a swarm, they move and they move in harmony with each other. Mm. Human beings don't move in swarms. They move in crowd consciousness. And so there were people that said, I wonder if we could, if we could adapt a system through AI, artificial intelligence, that would allow human beings to operate in swarm. And we wonder what that would happen. And as soon as they put the thought out, they had naysayers coming and saying, oh, sure, that's just a bunch of BS, right? And so mm-hmm. they said, well, yeah, it might, it might be, but we're, we'd like to try and experiment with it. So why don't you give us something that can't be done? And they said, okay, we'll do that for you. If you think you're so smart, we want your swarm intelligence people to pick, to pick the winners of the Kentucky Derby, first, second, third, and fourth. And just so you know, the chances of doing this are 568,000 to one against mm-hmm. you. And they said, great, let's try it. We're, we have no commitment to being right or wrong. We just want to get data. So they brought together 60 horse enthusiasm. They weren't trainers. They weren't handicappers. They weren't professional gamblers. They weren't people that, that, were, that excelled in horse racing. They just like going to the horse races. And they brought them together from, from different parts of the world into a virtual room where there, was a puck, where there was a little puck sitting in the center. And around the puck was an octagon with, with eight points on it. And, the horses, and each horse had a name at a point at the octagon. And they said to them, we want you to pick the horse that's going to come in first. And then we want you to pick second, third, and fourth. Do you know within a very short period of time, these 60 people came up on their first try with the first, second, third, and fourth place winner. Amazing. But here's what's even more amazing. Not one of them picked the first place horse on their own card to come in first. Not one of them picked the second place horse to come in second. Only one of them picked the third place horse to come in third, and none of them picked the fourth place horse to come in fourth. So none of them Hmm. picked the horses the way they, they came in. So it wasn't that a group of people who knew the answers to the questions were leading it and everybody else followed. They collectively together came up with answers that they would never be able to figure out on their own. Hmm. That's, the new, that's the new consciousness. That's what's happening now. That's what the world needs. That, I was just thinking about this last night. as I, I heard someone in the Democratic Party give a talk, and I thought, wow, that was, that was really beautiful. And, but, they're so, but I didn't think they have any chance of winning because I don't believe they have a chance. So I, I, but I thought, what would happen if instead of having one person be, be president, that we created a swarm of people to become president that included both mm-hmm. Democrat and Republican, that we allowed this new consciousness of, the, of this mosaic mind, this new connected intelligence, this new swarm way of being, to actually be the paradigm shift that we're looking for that goes from a vertical reality where people fix people and tell people what to do to a mosaic reality where we all just show up and come together. What would happen? Would we be able to create something so beautiful in that understanding? And so remember when we started out that I said, "What's, what's fabulous for me is not just the words of the story, but the space between the words. Mm-hmm. Most of what I've spoken about here in our conversation is in the space between the words of the story of the mosaic. It's what happens when you wow. allow the words to take seed. And when you allow the mosaic to enter you, when you become vulnerable to the story, what experience will, you, will, your, will your listeners have when they read it? 
What will it awaken right. in them that they've never seen before? Because the whole purpose of the book <clears throat> is to show people what they've never seen before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's really beautiful is to, is to see what they've never seen before. It took you three years to put it together, but it certainly sounds like it was worth it. Well, I'm still, I, I still, I sit and I read it now, and I know that I didn't write it because I don't know the wisdom that's there. I'm learning the wisdom that's there. Just like the people at Hayout wrote the book they most needed to learn, that's mm-hmm. 100% the case for me. But now I feel like that's it's my mission to, to try and bring people together. Instead of sitting in silos where we hate each other and we fight each other and we don't even understand each other or don't listen to each other, when you listen to talks on TV today from from the political realm, forget politics, go into religion, listen to the way religions Mm -hmm. talk about one another, listen to the way, listen to the way border people on one side of the border talk about people on the other side of the border. Look at, look at Mm -hmm. the way the world lives. We live in a world in conflict, but we, it's only because we don't listen to each other. Can I share one more very personal story? Oh, please, please. I have the honor of having a 29-year-old developmentally delayed daughter. I didn't always think it was an honor. Sometimes I thought it was a curse. She doesn't speak like you and I speak. She doesn't function like you and I function. Um, she was, was innocent and pure. And then because people didn't understand her, she siloed up. And the more she siloed up, the more invisible she became and the harder she was to find. And she would try and communicate with me because I was the one person that could always understand her and feel her. But sometimes she would speak and I just couldn't get what she was saying. And when she, I couldn't get what she was saying, she would start to scream. And when I, when I, it wasn't the volume that was keeping me from understanding her. It was literally just I, didn't, I couldn't understand her words. And when she couldn't mm-hmm. scream and she couldn't get heard, she would throw a tantrum, just like a two-year-old would do. And she would throw a tantrum. And when I didn't get that, she would come running at me and try and rip my shirt or bite me. After a long time of this behavior, you would think I would have gotten it sooner, but I didn't. After a long time of this behavior, I finally sat down with her in the midst of one of her tantrums, and I said, Alisa, is there something you're trying to say to me that I'm not hearing? She stopped her tantrum, and she just started laughing. I said, you little stinker, what are you trying to say to me? Are you trying to say it to me in a way that I don't understand? And she went into uproarious laughter. And I said, can you tell me how you're speaking to me so that I can understand it? And she took her index finger and put it to the side of her head. And I said, you little son of a mm-hmm. gun, are you trying to put thoughts into my head? Because you, you're, I can't understand your language. And clear as day, she said, yes, daddy. And she started laughing. As soon as I understood that, as soon as I took the time to listen more intuitively to what she was saying, tantrums stopped, attacks stopped. What I realized in my daughter's actions is every single person I know deals the same way. When they speak and they don't get heard, they yell. When they yell and they don't get heard, they create a scene. When they create a scene and that doesn't get heard, they try and destroy something. So when you look at a terrorist, what are they doing? They just haven't been heard. When you look at our political situation, what's happening? They just haven't been heard. Nobody's taking the time to sit and listen. We're all just talking over each other. And the beautiful thing of this mosaic is what would happen if we weren't scared to listen to each other, if we came out of our silos, if we allowed like and unlike minds to come together and innovate 
that's when real innovation happens. Because as long mm-hmm. as we continue to see what we always see, we'll continue to always do what we always do. But that's not bringing us happiness. When we realize mm-hmm. that, what, that our unhappiness is based on the fact that we are not, that we continue to do the same things that we don't want to do over and over again, and that we have an option to do something different, we'll start to listen to something different. Mm-hmm. What a lesson you got from your daughter. Oh, my God. Wasn't so valuable. Really? Really? And how old is she, did you say? She's 29 20? now. She's 29, 29 years, years old. old. Yeah. Wow. Didn't she hit the jackpot having you for a dad? Oh, I think exactly the opposite, but thank you. I think I hit you know, the jackpot I, having her for my daughter. <laughs> I, yeah, you know, I that doesn't surprise me to hear you say that, just based on how you how you view the world. It, it's it's a beautiful space that you have up there in that mind of yours, and I'm sure there are times you. when you just want it to take your those deep breaths. I I think this would be a really good time because I do subscribe to your newsletter. Let's let our listeners know. I mean, I was reading about the four breaths to, today because that was that oh, yeah. what I just received, and I thought it was really powerful, frankly. In fact, it's what Thank I you. did prior to us going on live. So let's let our listeners know once again how they can become more connected to you, since that is a good word, what we've been using today. Thank you so much. How would you like them so, to find you? My website is themosaiconline.com. That's the easiest way. Under the About section or the author or whatever, there's, there are mm-hmm. links to all my social media. Um, at the, mm-hmm. In the Contact section, you can sign up mm-hmm. to get my newsletter. You can sign up to, to be on the email, on our email list. You can sign up to know about workshops we're doing or, or courses that we have, much of which we don't mm-hmm. have currently going. But, but mm-hmm. what, I, what I invite people to do, best way possible first, is to get the book, buy the mosaic, get it online, right. either through Amazon or on my website, either place doesn't, what you can get it, go into your bookstore and order it. If they don't have it, they'll mm-hmm. order it and they can get it for you, but you can get it, you can get it in, in a couple of days on Amazon. You can get it from mm-hmm. me on my website. I don't care how you get it. Get that book, read that book, mm-hmm. allow mm-hmm. yourself to experience the, the experience of that book. And then if it makes sense to you, if it moves you, if it touches you, if it, if it resonates deeper than just the words themselves, Let's get in contact with each other because mm-hmm. oftentimes we'll meet people and, and they'll tell us of what they've done and who they are and they'll give us their resume. I'm very honored when people do that. And yet I say to people, Marcia, if our conversation today has touched somebody, mm-hmm. that's all that's important to me. It doesn't matter right. if I've helped governments or I've built companies or, I, or whatever I've done. I could live mm-hmm. under a bridge if our conversation today, if people hear something in the resonance of my voice and in the words mm-hmm. that I speak and in the stories that I tell that actually moves them to say, I want to see differently. I want mm-hmm. to see the world. I want to understand the world that I see is only the world that I see. But there's a million other things in this world that I don't see. I want to see those things too. Mm-hmm. That, will be, that will be the time and the place where we can start to make a major impact on this world. 
where the separation we experience will become the connection we know, where the disagreements that we have will become the innovations of tomorrow. Those are the moments that that we're looking for. It's not a matter of just a little storybook. It's a matter mm-hmm. of how do we want, what is our place in the world? What are we here to do? And is this the world that we always dreamed of handing over to our children and our children's children? If your answer to that is yes, then, you don't, then you're probably not going to be interested in what I'm saying. If the mm-hmm. answer to that is no, then I'm going to ask you to take a responsible place and do what you need mm-hmm. to do to make that, to change the world into the one you want to leave to your children and your children's children. Again, I want to thank you so much for having me. Oh, gosh. You know, (laughs) I think as people read this book now, having heard the backstory makes it all that much more um, significant. And space between the words, you know, I hope I can read all my notes here. It's a a brilliant description of how you live your life. And for people that are interested, we've certainly given them an opportunity to um, to get your book and to, and to learn more and to subscribe to your newsletter, and I just want to thank you on this on this very special Monday on March the 11th, and it, I look forward to our next conversation. I don't know if you've got Can't another wait. work, Mosaic Park Two, but I, oh, I God, definitely yeah. look forward. I I look forward to to knowing more about that and more learning more about you, Danny. And I thank you for allowing me to be a friend of yours that I can call you, Danny. And and we are we are we are connected. And I hope that everyone listening today has taken something away from what from what it is you've offered. Um, and I just I just want to thank you so so very much. And everyone, it's so. It's so simple. All you need to do is listen to some of these words and some of these principles and then apply them and, and see if your life then starts to move in a direction where now you have a purpose and a path. So with that, I'll just say thank you, everybody. I'll have a show again next week on the 18th with my buddy Sean Story. That is really his name. His name is Sean Story. And he's a computer guy. He's in my Rotary Club, and he's in the chamber with me. And he has an interesting story to share as well. And so until next time, everybody, I'm going to play a little music to take us out. Have a wonderful week, everybody. I hope that this show meant something to you as much as it did to me.